0: here's what's going to happen I'm going to read this and you're going to listen and you're going to stand the line and you're not going to interrupt you're not going to speak for any reason some of this you know I'm going to start at the top of the page meticulous yes methodical educated They were these things, nothing extreme, like anyone they varied. There were days of mistakes, laziness, and infighting. And there were days, good days, when by anyone's judgment, they would have to be considered clever. No one would say that what they were doing was complicated. It wouldn't even be considered new, except for maybe in the geological sense. They took from their surroundings what was needed and made of it something more. Now I have repaid any debt I may have owed you. You know all that I know. My voice is the only proof that you will have of the truth of any of this. Maybe you've had the presence of mind to record this. That's your prerogative. You will not be contacted by me again.
1: Welcome to Speak All Evil, the podcast you were warned about. I'm Trent, here with Kat and Dave. Hello. Hello. Hi. Kevin is in Singapore this week, mm. and there is really no sane, reasonable way <laughs> to get Kevin on a call from Singapore. Yeah. So what we're going to do is a little something different, and I think it it goes well with the films that we're going to be talking about this week. Kevin is going to join us on this episode, but it's going to be past Kevin. <laughs> Past Kevin is going to be here. Ooh. Yes, concurrently. He's going to exist concurrently with current Kevin in Singapore. There will be two Kevins in the world for the duration of this episode, which lines up nicely with the uh, the themes we're going to be discussing. I want to start with... It's it's my... Uh, I, I was thinking it's my mind melt week,
2: mm-hmm.
1: but sure. Dave rather uncharitably has already referred to it as my uh, mumbo jumbo, <laughs> <laughs> which...
2: I refer to it as your
1: smart, smart person week. Oh, thanks. Yeah. the Smart people, way smarter than me. It I'm does not, seem I was smart. like, I'm not one yeah. of them. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I want to start with one of my favorite movies of last year, my top five
2: hmm.
1: horror films from 2022. It's called Something in the Dirt. It's written and directed by Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead, who also play the two lead characters, the only characters, Levi and John. This is the story of two strangers who live in an apartment building and work together and agree to have their lives taped to find out what it's like when people stop being polite That's... <laughs> and start getting weird. Okay. Couple, couple bros, couple bros meet up. Mm-hmm. Now, John is played by Aaron Moorhead. Levi is played by Justin Benson, the writers and directors. Levi moves into the building. They introduce each other, and within minutes... Of introducing each other to each other, meeting each other, within minutes they are confronted with what appears to be a supernatural phenomenon in Levi's apartment. Of course, they decide as soon as the supernatural phenomenon happens, if it is supernatural, they decide that they need to somehow make some money off this thing. These are both kind of down on their luck, guys. They're complete opposites. There's a straight man, essentially, at the beginning, John, and then there's the wild card guy at first, Levi. And they decide that they're going to team up, they're going to document all of these phenomena that are going on in the building that only the two of them are aware of. Nobody else ever sees it. They're going to document all this stuff, they're going to make a million dollars, their ship has come in, and then you just watch them spiral out of control for the entire rest of the movie. I love this movie so much. I'm like falling in love with these filmmakers. They've made about five other features, and I've only seen one. Um, there's, they do some, like, shared universe stuff. They star in some other of their films, just like this one. Uh, this is a really, really fun movie. There's so much going on. I've seen it three times now. I watched it last year. I loved it. And then I went back. I, it's on Hulu right now. So I went back. I wanted to see if I really loved it as much as I did the first time. I loved it even more. I watched it a third time. I just can't get enough of this movie. And i uh, interested to hear what you guys thought
2: about this one. This movie was nonsense. Yes. But... I think that was probably the point of it all. We're uh, like always wrapped up in all these like documentaries that are like, here's this conspiracy and here's why this makes sense and there's no coincidences and blah, 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 blah. And those are very infuriating to me. They're fun when they make sense, but I feel like we're kind of like in like shoved into this like Netflix conspiracy documentary kind of a state that makes it so it's like you can't, until you're at the end, you can't tell whether or not it's like a legit, you know, a documentary about something that matters, or if they're just trying to make money, as I feel like this is what they're trying to do. It's a, um, a satirical kind of a, a, a spin on that. Um, it's tricking you into thinking there's something like deeper than what it is easily explained But this movie spliced these kind of documentaries together, trying to create a real conspiracy. And none of it really made sense to me. I understand the point of it, like trying to make fun of these kind of documentaries that we've been accustomed to since quarantine. I feel like that's when they kind of like popped in to be like, Tiger King, am I right? kind of a situation but at some point I feel like something has to be explained and I feel like I never got to that like it made me feel like the two hours of these guys just like they're making a joke that I never got the punchline to but I appreciated the funny parts of it like when he's like oh my god there's someone at the door like he's like knocking at the door and then he's like it's a book. I ordered this book from Amazon. I was like, fuck you. Like, there was so many. I almost so stabbed many. the mailman. Oh my God. There were so many of those moments where I was like, okay, so you're making a joke of it and like it's funny. But then there are other parts where like, bless this guy. Who's the one with the glasses? That's Not John. John. Okay. It's John and Levi. Levi is like the cool surfer, bro. Like, he's yeah. super into it, like searching for fish and skulls or whatever going down. But then like Josh. One. Let's talk about it's a. John. Sh- it's not Josh. Whatever. John, what a w- terrible character. Anyway, because he's like not likable at all. But you think he's going to be the likable one at the beginning. Yes. And then it sneaks like sne- oh, and then. Yeah. Anyway, but the funny parts like came in like the the book, and then like him being like I'm a sex offender, but I peed on a building. I was like, what? A-? Okay. So it's funny. But then it's spliced in with all these other like serious things, like when they put in all this footage when he's like talking about, um I don't know, some airport or something. But then they splice in footage from that and like it, it's just like it tries to make you think that it's a very important and concise documentary. But then you're just left not knowing what's going on. I don't know. I felt like the potential was there. The potential was definitely there. I just don't think I resonated with said potential, but that's how I feel.
3: To me, this was Close Encounters of the Third Kind for Vegans. (laughs) (laughs) I liked uh, John and Levi. I liked their characters a lot. I liked the dynamic of the two. But I, I just was driven crazy by the constant hypothesizing Mm -hmm. and pontificating about things. It kind of drove me nuts. It was very much like a mockumentary, and it it like eats itself in that way because it talks about being a documentary that has people commenting on the documentary. But I I feel bad because I feel like Trent is so starved for intellectuals. (laughs) That he's we content. don't cut
2: it. We don't cut it anymore. He's content
3: just watching a couple of dudes filmed on iPhones talk about math. Mm. Uh, like I feel like we don't really give him, you know, that satisfaction of like Bummer. this smart intellectual mm. thing. I didn't love this movie. If you like this movie, uh, my daughter could use some help with her physics homework. <laughs> <laughs> I recognize and appreciate that this is. Uh, and it, also the other movie, which predates this,, yeah. is a new style of filmmaking. It's a new style of sci-fi. It's indie sci-fi. Yeah, uh, that, that works on concepts and equations and math and all this stuff. And I appreciate all that stuff. but it almost feels like one of those uh, logic questions, there's a train. And it has this many people on it. It's going this fast. It's going to this place. And how, what is the whatever? What time and, does it
1: arrive in yeah, San Francisco? how many people, how many died people are still
3: on there? The way. And it's like, to me, that, that shit makes me want to fall down. Yeah. Like when my daughter asks me for ho- homework mm-hmm. help, I'm just like, no, dude, that, that shit makes me want to fall down. It hurts my brain. I don't like it. I think both of these could have been a short Black Mirror episode. They spent way too much time, Like especially this one. It's like almost two hours. Almost two hours,
2: yeah. It um, seemed like a full two hours to me.
3: Trent rented this a long time ago when I it first s- came out.
1: Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. And
3: I you uh, messaged me. I rented this on my Voodoo. If you want to watch it, check it out. <laughs> and I checked it out, and I was like, I wasn't into it then either. I, I appreciate what they're doing with this, but uh, it really hurts my brain. The fact that they're just making hypotheses all the time, Pythagorean oh. theorem and religious stuff, and they go for everything, everything. aliens, mm-hmm. yeah and they're all over the place. Yeah,
2: but, and I, I think that's like part of the joke of it, is like, oh, it could be this, 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 or this, and it's like, okay, but just, can you pick one by the end? Because well, by the yeah. end, yeah. I'm just like.
3: I definitely feel like there was a joke, but I didn't get the joke.
1: But so I think, you know, to me, I look at this much differently than either of you guys. Mm -hmm. This is not like forget. It's not about all the the crazy theories and stuff. To me, the the movie is about the relationship between the two characters. What happens between what happens to the, the characters individually? What happens between the two characters? How their relationship progresses or, or devolves however you want to look at it and all the theorizing and all the conspiracy stuff and you know that to me is just sort of part of it's kind of reflective of both the characters and the the times that I think that we're in now a little bit like they they're always talking about both characters especially John they're always saying like ah you know I, I heard on this podcast that I listened to <laughs> or uh I, I saw um I saw on this YouTube video or uh, I saw on a message board, that's one of my favorite lines when John says he, he read something on a message board. And on everybody Reddit. Says, just like, fucking... Aren't those for like enemy and finding contract killers? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they're always like citing these sources for their theories, but their sources are always just some other guy that happens to be on the yeah. internet. Like if it's on the internet, it's a uh, it's a real source. You know? Yeah. So to me, it's just, it's it's not, it, in the next movie too, Primer, it that stuff is just sort of Part of the milieu, but something happens, right? Something supernatural happens initially in the apartment. And then the other thing that gets confusing is once they start trying to document it, Mm -hmm. there's a point in the movie where you realize that their documentation is not the most reliable. Yeah. Yeah. And you start to wonder are you watching this movie or are you watching their movie?
3: So there's two guys. Yeah. And there's a uh, rock or crystal or geode or something yeah that starts floating and emitting light yeah and they start pontificating about like what this might be caused from and that's basically the whole movie right right
2: i feel like they explain it in a few different ways as to what it could be where it's like it could it's Magnetism, it's like gravity, but in the gravity. end, you feel
3: like it's about the relationship, right? Which is what right. you're talking about that yeah. you liked about it,
1: yeah. And, and there's a lot of you know, I like this sort of like the conspiracy rabbit hole stuff, I just think it's scary and suspenseful. And one of my favorite scenes is when John is walking around the city and he starts seeing this pattern. -hmm. Everywhere. I I love scenes like that in movies where now, everywhere he looks like, there's that pattern again, there's that pattern again. It's like this weird, you know, paranoid, schizophrenic, conspiratorial sort of mindset that you can get into. I mean, I've been there, I've been in the darkened room watching YouTube all night. I mean, I did some time back in the aughts (laughs) with 9 11 truthism, and you know, you get into this zone. You can kind of get into this like almost scary zone. You kind of scare yourself. You're, you're, mm-hmm. you're bathed in the monitor light for hours, and maybe you got some PBRs going or whatever. <laughs> you're watching all these videos. You're wondering what's real and yeah, what isn't.
2: And I feel like that's kind of what they're trying to yeah. explain or encompass in this one. But... It's also
3: like uh, we're all going to the World's Fair. It's all this new type of uh, horror that mm-hmm. is uh, very psychological. And it's very based on, like, a lot of Internet things.
1: Yeah, that that's right. That's kind of woven in, into the fabric of it.
4: Unbelievable. Thank you for picking this because I love Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead. But their movies aren't always ones that I'll go to on a random, t- like, okay, I've got a couple hours to watch a, a horror movie or something. Theirs are always, you know, they're a lot slower. They're very much, you know, very location-based and typically character-based and you know i i have said a million times i love a small cast and i love like a character uh, a character development thing but i I'll, I'll skip over them so i was happy you picked this because this is uh one of my favorite movies that i've seen probably in the last year thank you for picking this because this is uh one of my favorite movies that i've seen probably in the last year i know it's a twenty 2020- twenty. Two technically, but I I feel yep. like it came out later later in the year, and we just got this on streaming. But watching the two of them work together, uh it just reminds me time and time again, they just do a fantastic job. This is probably my favorite pandemic movie. They killed it. I I thought this was fantastic. way more comedic than it was horror, very horror adjacent, much more dark comedy sci-fi, but definitely evil because let's face it. There's an evil motherfucker in this movie.
1: And one of the other things I really loved is just the, the way, Kat, you mentioned that your sympathies turn a little bit at the beginning of the movie. It seems like Levi is the sketchy guy. Yeah. You think that John is the straight-laced guy. Levi is this like, sketchy character. But over the course of the movie, things change a little bit. And, yeah. and I think by the end, you start to realize... I think this is one of the points of the movie. You start to realize that they're both somewhat dishonest Mm -hmm. to sort of the same degree. They're both embellishing or they're telling versions. Like at first Levi seems so sympathetic. I feel like he's more like a guy that we would know. He's very like puppy dog. He's kind of lost puppy. He's got those eyes and he has an excuse for everything.
2: I'm leaving this town as soon as I can. Yeah, Yeah. the
1: the sex registry thing, the parking tickets thing, his sister thing, like his whole checker I like the Stephen King fantasy
3: the Stephen King f- small town fantasy? Yeah, yeah. Because, yeah. I, I, I mean, I pretty much live in that now, but I want more of that. <laughs> yeah. I want I want to live in a place, eventually, I've always had this dream, of living in a place where there's just like one general store. And you go there and you get grain or you get whatever you need. Grain? It's just a small, simple what? life.
1: And that's what he's... That's how I felt when I watched Banshees of Inisherin. Yes. Oh. I was like, man, I just want to live to in seaside, a remote Irish seaside town where there's a pub, and there's and I got some goats and some donkeys, and life is very, very simple.
2: That movie seemed very sad to me. Did you think that movie was sad?
1: I thought it was sad and okay.
2: funny. Okay. And, you know, poignant. Yeah,
1: poignant for sure.
2: Okay. Well, I haven't watched it because I don't like to watch sad things, oh, I love so that I'm just movie. curious. Okay. I, oh.
3: I wish Banshees of Inisherin was a, a show where- <laughs> It, it kept going. Ten, it was ten episodes. Okay. And each one was a finger. You know, it cut it... off a different finger each episode. Because he lost a finger, I'm because assuming. It, something about the, the setting. Okay. Was amazing. But we're Correct. talking about this movie.
2: We are talking about this one. No, and can... I would like to bring up something about Please. this movie. What this movie reminded me of, I guess, in that I assumed it was kind of um making fun of this specific documentary that I watched. It was on Netflix. And I wasted a good, let's see, what's 45 minutes times like eight episodes? Uh, uh, Roughly eight hours, seven hours of this movie. It was about a woman who in the Cecil Hotel, she wound up in the water tank and drowned and like no one could figure out how did she get up in there like there was footage of her acting erratically in the uh elevator and it was like her pressing buttons and blah blah blah, and they're like oh it was a ghost she couldn't have been mentally ill she couldn't have gotten into this water tank because it was locked from the outside it was locked by maintenance people and that's how they set up This whole thing is there's, oh, there's no way she could have gotten in by herself. Someone else murdered her. And then in the last episode, one of the firemen or security guys was like, oh, no, the lock was broken. So I wasted a good (laughs) seven hours of my life being like, it was a conspiracy. And this number means this. Like, I felt like these people. And then at the end, I found out that very quickly I could have realized that this is why this happened. And no, so I yeah. felt like...
1: There's no, like, big answer at the end.
3: They have, no. like, a Flat
4: Earthers vibe.
2: That's... Yeah.
4: It's almost like people will find, like, what they want in anything, regardless of what the facts are in front of them. People will continue to cling to those things as the world burns around them. I think it was... I think there were some, like, environmental hints that, that Benson and Moorhead had in this. You know, you'll watch people continue to say that climate change doesn't exist. And then you can just watch the world burning around them and they'll still be like, nah, we're good. Uh, We're just going to focus on this uh, ashtray that's floating in the middle of my living room and continue to bum cigarettes and, and do that. I thought that they had a lot more to say, but I think the biggest thing that this movie does at least on on an emotional level, a base emotional level, if you don't want to dig into the layers or if you don't want to dig into the dirt, so to speak, is watching a relationship unfold between two people, and how by the end of it you don't know what's up. I think I know who was up and who was down, but it's it's very much left up for interpretation.
1: Yeah, and and well, John is a member of uh, Doomsday evangelical church so that starts to come into play i started to wonder there's a couple things i didn't really realize until i had watched it a couple times one i started to wonder how much john was fooling levi like how much john was setting stuff up
2: well he was like filming him without him knowing yeah and he ha- like, like he has
1: you find out later he had a whole crystal collection
2: yeah and there's the
1: thing with the book and yeah. i started to wonder if it was even his apartment that he was subletting and that Levi didn't know that he was actually renting it from him, that he set oh. this whole thing up for somebody oh. to come in and <gasps> fool them. And then the other thing yeah. after a few views was I didn't realize the first time, I don't think, that everything, all Levi's, all his backstories to explain, it's all bullshit. Yeah. Like the stuff about his sister, mm-hmm. the stuff about like you brought up him peeing on the kindergarten, and that's why I got, like that's all made up. John is so much less likable that like his lies seem to be like more obvious. But I think Levi's totally full of shit the whole time,
2: too. Everyone's full of shit in this fucking movie.
4: I think at the end of the day, if you want my opinion on the two characters, it's that John is constantly talking about a book he read or like the church that you mentioned or a website he's gone to. And Levi is constantly just talking about life experiences. So I think that's the the big The big thing between the two characters is I think what they're trying to present is somebody that is like literally living their life off of just ingesting things that are being fed to them from a media source or somebody else, and then they're pushing that on somebody else. And then I think you have another character in Levi that is living life off vibes and experiences, but that has also made him very susceptible to be manipulated by somebody like John who is just like I said ingesting all this information and forcing it on susceptible people
2: and here's why I don't trust John I'll tell you right now it's probably an actor's choice but if you're gonna smoke cigarettes on screen inhale you can't just be like puffing on the cigarette and then just like Letting it loose, but that was. But
1: he said he had just started smoking. That was like that was part of his characters that he had just started smoking during the breakup. And Levi even says to him at one point, "Hey, you got to inhale that, Chief." Or okay. Whatever. Well, I yeah.
2: missed that, so <laughs> I'm really sorry that so I brought he, it
1: up. He was very amateur smoking.
4: Okay. Yeah, That's well, kind of like part of his phony. I think what they may have done here is created something that has a good rewatchability because it you you really could co- potentially come back and like find out some more things. And, and again, I I would love to go on YouTube or just pick their brains, you know, in person and just say, what the hell are you guys doing? Because, you know, the endless is crazy. Spring is crazy. Um, A lot of the stuff that they've done, you know, they produced after midnight, which was a fantastic one. They produced She Dies Tomorrow, which I just mentioned. They did like probably one of the craziest parts of VHS viral bone storm which was like the skater part of that movie um i just i love that we have some people out there that are still getting some funding and creating like these very thoughtful and heartfelt weird films like they're just bizarre but uh they're they're totally they're totally worth uh totally worth the time great week man this was it was a mind fuck, and um i don't appreciate that but i do appreciate
1: that so I disliked this movie a great deal. Uh, You disliked it a great deal. I Mm. did. I thought you were just lukewarm on it. No, no, I disliked (laughs) it (laughs) a
3: great deal. Truth is coming out. A great deal. I, I I, both movies this week. I don't like it all. Wow. Uh, I would never pursue this (laughs) venue
1: for uh, movies to watch. Well, I mean, I would say don't listen to these guys. (laughs) This is a great, great movie. It's a brilliant movie. And uh, I, I want. I'm like ready to dive into the rest of the Morehead and Benson films. I've only seen Spring. Have you seen Spring? I have. I like that. I, I thought it was okay. I didn't like it nearly as much. Oh, as I like this. I like this way less than Spring. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm getting that. I guess I'm a little bit surprised that you guys didn't like it a little more. But I, I, can understand what you're saying. I just, to me, I would really just looked at it as the human story, and and I think at the end. No, there is no final... It doesn't tell you what the final answer was. I mean, mm-hmm. I think something definitely did happen. I think yeah. the first... At least the first occurrence definitely did happen.
3: I think that you're just smarter than us. <laughs> use, had, you're,
1: like, you're so star
3: for intellectuals that you'll watch a movie that is just two people talking about math the whole time. Yeah.
1: Well, I'm, I'm not anywhere near as smart as the guys who made this movie, but I just thought it would be a good contrast because last time... I think I brought in grotesque or whatever we. It was you gross. Know, I tried to m- yeah. mix it up a little bit, so I and, just thought. Oh, I thought those while. movies were much smarter than yeah. this.
2: I will say, going into films that you guys make me watch, I usually think like this is serious, this is highbrow horror, <laughs> and so I make it like thirty minutes in before I realize it's like a satirical. It's not. Film. Yeah. It's not. It that doesn't always highbrow. have to be highbrow. Yeah. Sometimes it could be evil bong. I, well, I think, I mean,
1: never, I th- I don't never think that. of this as, as highbrow. I think of this as a lot of things. I don't think of it as highbrow.
4: Well, that's what I I'm saying. Think-
2: so it doesn't always have to be, like, everything super, super serious. Yeah. Like, sometimes I think I have to, re- and that's what I think I realized, like, halfway through, is that I was like, oh, this is like a joke. Like, it's not like a complete joke, because it is a, it's a very well done, aesthetically pleasing film. I think it looks great. Yeah, it looks beautiful but obviously they weren't being like super serious about it the whole time. I mean it's
1: it's a comedy on a lot of levels I think I mean that's. Yeah
2: and once I realized that I enjoyed it a lot more. There's a lot of funny stuff. Like once I realized it was getting funny with like the Amazon delivery book. He's like it's a book and then uh, you know him like talking about peeing on buildings and then just like all the weird stuff that he was like throwing out there I thought it was I, very I funny
1: how it. Uh, John is always shooting down Levi's theories as totally ridiculous, irrelevant, implausible. Let's not get let's not get totally random here, bro. And then he just comes back with like cats, cat parasites, <laughs> you know. Or he's and, like,
2: and then I found this dead cat it goes downstairs. It goes, yeah,
1: everywhere. There's hypotheses everywhere. Yeah, there's there's a scene. One of my favorites is so over the course of the movie, because they're making this documentary at the same time there are these like talking head interviews with various people that they bring in over the course of making this movie, including themselves. And one of them is a like a land surveyor guy. He tells you if there's like lead in the soil in your basement, stuff like that. And uh, they're talking to him and he's just like, these guys are obviously out of their minds. They're talking about crystals. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but crystals create energy, right? And he's like, no, they don't. (laughs) Uh, But there's a scene where they're in a graveyard looking for the guy who planned this part of the city or whatever, and they see a gravestone and the birth and death date is the phone number of the guy. Uh, and, and coincidence. <laughs> <But> he's <laughs> like, like, oh, so many it means something. Yeah. And that's, my, that's probably my favorite line of the whole movie when John says, what's crazier, believing every coincidence you see or ignoring them all? Right. Oh. This no, cool. I, I, I believe in that. I subscribe to that. I would love to know what you think about something in the dirt. We've got a divided house here. I mean, not really divided. We've got a majority... Majority thumbs down. Two thumbs Sorry. down. So, one right. thumb way up. Top five. Twenty twenty two. What did mm-hmm. Kevin think?
4: This is uh, one of my favorite movies that I've seen, probably in the last year.
1: Let us know what you thought. I'd love to hear people uh, people's thoughts about this movie. Other than these guys, I mean, these guys can't, you know, yeah. pearls before swine. Excuse- I guess is just well, weak. <laughs> uh,
3: yeah, I knew you. Were, I knew you were gonna pull that shit. Excuse like, me. We're too dumb. <laughs> we're too dumb to understand this That's movie. That's what you like said. It.
2: I didn't say. I, you I don't say it. You yeah. said it.
1: <laughs> My second pick for Mind Melt Week, AKA Mumbo Jumbo Week, is a two thousand and four movie called Primer. I was actually inspired by you, Dave. Dave's giving me dirty looks right now. He hated something in the dirt. Mm. Uh, I was inspired by Dave's pick of Time Crimes. Remember we talked about- I remember
3: you talked about this movie when we talked about Time Crimes. I
1: thought about doing a response week to that episode with this movie Primer from 2004 that I saw way back in the day when it first came out. It's written, directed, edited, produced by Shane Carruth, who also composed the music for it. This is on VOD right now. It's a rental, and it's a- very similar sort of setup in a different way to Something in the Dirt. It's about two bros. These bros are way smarter mm-hmm. than the bros in Something in the Dirt. Mm-hmm. They're actually scientists, and they're friends, and they have this whole amateur science project thing going in their garage with a couple other friends, and they're trying to do some sort of experiment with gravity. Is what I guess what they're trying to do is... Uh, eliminate gravity they're trying to they've got this whole thing going and what turns out happening it's not really a spoiler because this is what the movie is about it's about time travel so they accidentally through their experiments with gravity they discover time travel and they're able to travel back in time for six hours and start trying to get rich once again what's the first thing you do when you discover something that nobody else has ever seen before or done before you try to get rich then of course things start to unravel go off the rails, the core friendship between Aaron and Abe. And this is another one. Shane Carruth is also the lead actor in this. He plays Aaron and uh, Dave Sullivan plays his friend, Abe. So this is another one that it throws a lot of stuff at you, a lot of scientific mumbo jumbo, as you might say at you, especially for the first half hour, because it's, it's very realistic. Shane Carruth is a math major and he was like a, a, flight simulator a software designer before he went into film. He would go on to make another crazy movie just like this one years later. Um, but it throws a lot at you for the first half hour and you, until I, I feel like, and that's one of the things I, I love about it, it throws so much scientific jargon at you until like you cannot possibly take any more, and then boom, it hits you with that reveal moment. It's one of my favorite scenes in any movie ever, that moment where Abe hands Aaron the binoculars and he looks... And he's like, who's that, Abe? Love that scene. Love this movie. Dave, did you like this any better than Something in the Dirt?
3: Um, I didn't. I liked it way worse. <laughs> um, this is no Back to the Future. That's for sure. <laughs> this is true. Yes. Um, I don't know. I, I, this is I'm very surprised. independent. It's I'm kind of surprised
1: you didn't find any. Yeah, this is like DIY. This is hardcore. very independent. Uh, yeah.
3: Maybe even more independent than like what I'm open for. <laughs> um, because I I talked talk to you about the math thing. I don't mm-hmm. like math. I failed at math mm-hmm. in school. Me it's too. hard. I don't math. Like is math. Hard. I don't like people talking about math. Mm-mm. I don't like people talking about equations. Me too. And physics and all that stuff. And there's a lot of that in this. So much. And I heard that uh, the director didn't even like. He wanted to make it more math accurate. Yeah. Than accessible. For he didn't art. try math to make it
1: accurate. Yeah. Yeah. math curate he didn't try to make it accessible at all it is like unaccessible for that first setup. I did cool. like the music I did like the soundtrack I you thought some of the soundtrack was
3: alright but you can definitely tell this is made by a math student mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, and that shit just makes me want to fall down mm-hmm. that shit mm-hmm. just makes me feel dumb mm-hmm. and I hate it and I, I everything in my whole body just pushes that right away you shut I shut down, down. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that's what happened with this mm-hmm. and the other movie but Again, I do recognize it's a quarter of horror that we need to talk about. It's sci-fi. I mean, I like my sci-fi a little bit more high budget. I like, you know, Baby Yoda and shit. Sure. <laughs> like, give me some Baby but Yoda. Once the science, Give me some Blade Runner or whatever. Once all the
1: science was over, didn't you like the time travel stuff? That, that wasn't fun at all?
3: Well, uh, I don't think it was as simple as time travel. It's time crimes. It's
1: very, it's complex. With time time crimes,
3: it was it was all the shit that would happen uh, as a result of what you did. Right, and this was very ambiguous. I didn't like the scenes that like just both movies. They just show up in a scene when something's happening, and it's it didn't precursor anything to that. It just opens on the scene, and I don't know. I had a hard time. Uh, with with this format, I think this would be great for, like, a Black Mirror episode or something like that. Yeah. But I think when you draw it out to, like, the last movie, like, almost two hours.
2: Well, this this is only
1: an
3: hour, hour and 17, 17 minutes. Yeah. Great.
2: I saw the exact time and I was like, sounds good. I did
3: too. We were both watching the clock <laughs>
2: in like, this movie. Ding, ding, when I'm ding, looking ding, at the ding.
3: time, like, how much is left? Bad sign. That's a bad sign. Bad mm-hmm. sign. yeah um, mm-hmm. It's just not for me. Yeah, uh, but period. I appreciate the week that you've curated.
0: Mm. Thank you. I
3: know that it's a it's a corner of horror. And it's a it's a progressive type of filmmaking. Um, we're all going to the World Fair. There's a whole bunch of stuff, Skinnerink, that's like really progressive. And I'm going to have to start getting down with this shit. I'm going to be old fuddy-duddy.
2: It's kind of experimental. It you, is very you experimental. you got to get down with the sickness.
1: I mean, this is 2004, though. I mean,
3: this I is- know. And I'm still not up to date.
2: (laughs) I was only 15. So this is a movie that I think is made for smart people. I don't think I'm dumb. I have my moments. But I think there's a disconnect for me in this one in that I had no idea what was really going on for most of it. I tried... With my stupid stoner brain, very hard to focus and to read the subtitles the whole time, <sighs> and and then I was like, oh, it's time travel, got it, and then it lost me again, and then I was like, okay, got it again, but then very quickly I was like, nah, never mind. I even tried reading the uh, timeline charts.
1: Oh, did you that I, saw I found a char-
2: online? I saw yes. a
3: chart too. Yeah. <laughs>
2: I consulted the charts provided.
4: Also, the the diagram. I'm not sure how much it helps me. I've literally spent more time looking at that than I have, like, work presentations yeah. that I probably should be paying more attention to.
2: I still felt like I'm just a big old fat dummy uh, when it comes to this one. You know, and I don't really like when movies make me feel uh, that way. I went to USM. I didn't go to WPI. I didn't go to fucking MIT. No. Um, you know, I'm balling on a budget over here. And also, they probably wouldn't have had me. You're the only uh, college graduate on the show. Well, let's keep bringing that up because that makes me feel good. I didn't win a Grammy, but I do have a bachelor's oh. degree. Woo! Um, woo!
4: Where I'm Lost is where their doubles just start to exist. So are they all just, like, they're just constantly going back and creating doubles of themselves? Yes. And so, like, they're in this perpetual loop where they're always existing because they keep fucking around with this box. And just basically, if they just leave it alone for six hours, everything would be fine.
2: There's future people running around. How did they get into the weird box? Do they know what's in the box? What it does? Are we using it for good or are we using it for personal gain? We don't fucking know. Is there a is this guy like a baddie? Is he good? How many are there? Jeez, Louise is how I felt about it. I just uh, why why does it
3: need to be in a box?
2: Well, why does it need to be enclosed? Here's the
1: question: Because that that was the experiment is that they were creating a zero gravity container basically, and then and it turned out. Through the, through doing that, this this time loop got created where Marty
2: McFly showed up and was like, yeah. but I but I think I would say
1: just again just like something in the dirt to me, you don't need to understand all. I don't understand all that stuff. I've seen this movie four times and I'm only just starting to get the principles of, of okay. the time travel. Well, this but... movie, you get the feeling that it is all laid out and
3: that like if yeah. you research anything, it's going to link in because the dude.
1: Because he he might understand it, right? Shane Carruth might get. it.
4: I'm hoping that uh, this conversation is like, I'm gonna need you to bring me home on this movie tonight.
2: Someone understands it, but shouldn't you, as a viewer, understand like a scotch of it? I, I don't think. Like, you're, shouldn't you you're understand anything that's going on?
4: What was confusing me is I was like, okay, so they're just constantly going back and existing, so they're just living like, what would that be like a 30 hour or like 36 hour day, like every single day of their lives. Exactly.
1: I think that's one of the reasons I paired this with something in the dirt. I think that it's about the relationship between the two friends. It's about what happens to them and between them. You don't have to understand all that stuff. I do not understand any of that stuff. And even, you know, seeing it now like four times, I'm only just starting to understand the basic principles of the time travel, how Mm -hmm. many hours Mm -hmm. two of them exist what happens if they go back further?
2: Like, it's it's a it's a, you know, mind melter. So would you say that this is also an exploration on the relationship between these two characters? I think that's the main
1: point of it. Yeah, yeah just okay. Just like the other movie.
2: Maybe I missed that a little yeah. bit. But also, I kind of picked up on it because it's like one guy's like, we have to do it this, 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 and this way. And then the other guy's like, eh, do it however way you want. But it kind of switches, I guess, Like the last movie where you think it's going to be this guy. Oh, he's got a wife. He's got kids, I think. He has a family man. Yeah, He's a family man. So you're like, he's going to be the straight and keel guy. Then the other guy is going to be like off the rails. And then it kind of switches. So I guess, all right, this could be an exploration on uh, the relationship between these two guys as they're realizing that they're finding a new science. I don't know. Yeah, th- that's how I looked at it. Okay, and that's a much cooler take than how I looked at it, where I was just like, what the fuck is going on?
4: But then when it got to like the last 10 minutes, I was like, wait a minute. No, 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 no. I actually want like another 30 minutes where you can tell me what the fuck you're doing because they throw so much at you in the last 10 minutes of that movie.
2: And then you get to the end and I was just like, I th- I think I, I did watch the whole thing, so I'm very proud of myself, but I did think I tapped out mentally because i was like yeah. i'm just not going to get it after this cuz then like the dad shows up the the father-in-law shows up and he's yeah. like from the past but yes so how did he get in the box we don't i don't well,
1: know well my guess would be on that okay. at some point one of
2: them told him
1: about the, box. the experiment, what they had done okay. and at some point he went back okay and he i think he went back for more than 6 hours and it
2: future up. the future man told Yes. Father-in-law to get in this box. Yes. And then, okay. Or somehow he discovered it. I don't know. I don't either know. um, So I watched it once. I feel like I want to give it another try, but after hearing you say you've watched it four times, I'm not going to rent this movie four more times. To be honest, it was a rental. It was fucking $3 of my life I'll never get back (laughs) if I'm being honest with you on my Amazon credit card.
1: I appreciate one time through. Thank you. I mean, $3 is realistically a fraction of your old blockbuster debt that you would pay every time you went back in. Well,
2: I was born in 1991, so I don't really um, relate to that.
1: Well,
4: I mean, you make a movie for $7,000. I can't imagine that there was a whole lot of... (laughs) That was a lot of blood, sweat, and tears and not a lot of money. But I really appreciated what the movie did in terms of the journey of Abe um, and Aaron. I really liked the journey that they went on. And it's similar to what happens to our two main characters in Something in the Dirt. One sort of has questionable morals and one seems to be like more on the moral high road.
1: One of the things I loved about this that's similar to Something in the Dirt, Something in the Dirt, you have the documentary interviews that are spliced in throughout the movie. This one has a, a, a phone call. It sounds like a voicemail, but he's taught. he says you can record this if you want. So it's a phone call from Aaron that is cut in throughout the movie and explaining everything that happened to someone. And you don't Mm -hmm. know who it is, but I love that vibe where you don't know what's going on. And every so often this narration comes in, this guy's on the phone. He's like, I'm going to tell you the whole story and this is it. You know, if you want to record it, you can record it, but I'm filling you in. You don't know who he's telling. And I just love that ominous feel of that thing coming in. And I think he's talking to his
2: past self. Okay. And that would make sense because at the end there's like multiple selves, right? Yeah, yeah. To which I was like, <laughs> I'm not even going to try to think about that right now. Because I got to the end It was just like, I can't focus on any other plot lines. I, would, I wish
3: they did more of that way earlier. That's Yeah. Because yeah. that's why I like Time Crimes is yeah. because it, it unfolds and you understand that What's uh, what one person's doing is affecting mm-hmm. the other person's future. Causality, and, yes, right. In this, it's just alluded to at the very end. Yeah, and I wish that earlier in the movie, I had
1: done some of that like overlapping where shit gets all fucked up. You know? I I love this the scene where Abe shows Aaron what's happening, and it, it honestly it made me think of like you and me, Dave, or you, Cat, or Kevin. Like if one of us brought one of us somewhere and gave you a pair of binoculars and like showed you that like, look at that building. And and then you looked and you just saw me walking out of the building, but I'm also right next to you. I Mm. "I love that, that moment. Mm -hmm. And I love how that whole thing works where I guess the doubles only exist for the six hours that they go in, which becomes longer and longer. And then you find out there's a fail safe box that Abe has built in a different storage space. So by the end there, they're actually fighting. They, they they confront their current selves at certain points. Abe knocks out his current self so that he doesn't discover this, and then Aaron is going back and and kid he kidnaps his current self or his past self and puts him in the <sighs> attic. Mm-mm. He breaks out. Like, I mean, it just gets so. I love how crazy it gets, and that I don't quite get it in like
2: know? an hour and fifteen minutes. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot.
1: Still though, I did not like this.
3: Movie. <laughs>
2: We should reiterate: not a fan of this movie. <laughs> another, another
3: whiff. Well, it's just it, they're uh, for anyone that might watch these movies. It's hy- hypothetical. They're just constantly searching for the meaning hmm. in whatever they're confronted by, which is cool. But and it's good for uh, a an, an indie uh, movie. But uh, to me, just what I'm looking for in a movie. Uh, it it's not it, but I do understand. That there's a meditative. It's a new version of uh, like a
2: mystery, almost.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, very much a mystery, and it's a mystery that you're not going to solve, probably.
2: This movie is almost twenty years old. Yeah, it's not but, a new yeah. anything. <laughs>
3: but 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 I do think that this type of filmmaking is uh, pioneers something in storytelling.
2: Yeah. At, well, like you
1: said, it's like a new... Sci- when you think of traditional sci-fi, you think of space, you think of aliens, you think of like Total Recall and like stuff like that. And this takes that and just puts it with two working stiff guys who work in an office all day and then they go to their garage and they do these experiments. And the next thing you know, they're traveling back in time and they're going to hotel rooms all day so that they don't meet their...
3: That's th- the problem I had with it too, though, is like everywhere they are whether they're with a a laptop or they're in a laboratory or whatever, they're always coming up with these things. There's always something on the TV that's like connecting something. And it's just like, I don't know. It's a little unbelievable to me.
1: (laughs) I I thought, see, I think this is a much more believable. And that's part of why that, that first setup is so unrelenting with the jargon and the science and all that. To me, it's a, it's a very, it's a, earthier more believable version of those crazy sci-fi movies like this is how discovery actually happens and that's alluded to when they when they realize but well before they realize the time travel they know that they've done something and aaron says in the voiceover in the phone call he says they knew that the surest way to be exploited was to sell something before they understand what it really is Mm -hmm. and that's to me that's like part of science and discovery is that people people discover things they don't even know what they really are first. Like they thought they were discovering anti-gravity, but really they were discovering time travel. And then future selves are coming back. I love that scene where Abe tries to replay the scene where he tells Aaron about it. He tries to not tell him about it. Mm -hmm. Remember the scene where he goes up to Aaron on the bench and Aaron has the earpiece in and he realizes that Aaron has, has already time traveled. This is a future Aaron and he's and listening to a recording. And that's
2: why I'm confused. I'm like, there's too much going on. <laughs> it's, it's just, uh, I'm too stupid. It's very for confusing.
1: This. You're supposed to be confused. To me, okay. you're well, supposed I, to I don't not know. know.
2: If I'm being, if I'm speaking my truth to you right now, yeah. there's a lot of times when I watch films that you guys tell me to watch that I'm like, I don't think I'm supposed to be confused. Yet here I am.
1: You are definitely supposed to be confused by this to me, and you're supposed to ask the questions, and you're supposed to ask like the moral questions. And to me, it's like just a human. Thing. It's about the humanity, the story about their natures, good and evil, morality, immorality, stuff like that. It's not about the mumbo jumbo.
4: This movie made my fucking head hurt, uh, but it is it is really well done. Definitely very ambitious, uh, and an, an impressive uh, feature feature film from you know, obviously some passionate filmmakers that took a lot of the work on themselves.
1: Cat, what did you think about the very final scene? I don't want to spoil, I guess the final scene. It doesn't matter that much, but did you get what was happening in, in the final
2: scene with, with Aaron? Um, once I Googled it, <laughs> I feel like that's what most of this movie was. I was like, what happened? Yeah, I really made you guys work this week. Well,
3: that's what I feel like. It, and that's you, what made
2: me feel stupid. I to had to research, fucking Google the whole movie. It was have an to get hour the backstory long story to
1: like the movie <laughs> that you don't like the movie. You know what I mean? But I see I like doing that and that's part of what I liked about Something in the Dirt because I identify with that character that wants to go down the rabbit hole. That wants to like mm-hmm. research it and try to understand it, and maybe get way off course. You know, my figures were off, like uh, John says in <sighs> something in the dirt. That was stupid. But it's just like the journey. It's about the journey to me, not necessarily understanding. Because as I think, both of these movies kind of say that there aren't easy answers to these things. They're looking for easy answers. You're probably wrong. You just need to be around smart people. That's what I that's what I see here. You're like very starved of
0: Well, sometimes,
3: only sometimes. I mean, a lot
1: of times I just want to watch grotesque or necrophiles or something like that. But then sometimes, you yeah, know, I want to see something that challenges me to try to understand it. You yeah. talk about those like they're not highbrow. You those, thought grotesque those, was highbrow? Oh yes, I did.
2: <laughs> it had I got nothing. It had some deep messages to that. I got some deep messages for you, pal. Oh.
1: You guys forgot to ask uh, Kevin what he thought about all this.
2: Kevin, what did you think about this one?
1: This movie made my fucking head hurt.
4: Great week, man.